everyone. We're live from our virtual FinLabs. I'm your host, Joyce Pogge of the New York marketing team at Cinecron, and welcome to FinSights from our FinLabs, your go-to podcast for the latest in innovation and transformation from our FinLabs experts. In our new series, InvestTech, We'll be focusing on the latest trends within the world of asset management, as well as innovation across the financial services industry more generally, and what lies ahead. Today, I'm joined by Sandeep Kumar, Managing Director at Cinecron and Head of the InvestTech Accelerator Program. Sandeep, thank you so much for joining us. Joyce, thank you for having me on FinSites. Very happy to be here. Wonderful. Before we really dive in, can you give a quick introduction about yourself and background in the industry for our listeners? Sure. I have been in this industry for almost 25 years. I have had the chance to work on both sides, sell side and buy side, as well as with the intermediaries. About five years ago, when we launched our blockchain program, we took up some relevant use cases and it saw some great success in, with our clients. Since then, we have launched a number of such programs, making use of data science, APIs targeted towards specific business areas such as wealth tech, rec tech. And I'm very happy to be leading uh, this new edition of our accelerator program focused on the buy side firms. We are calling it Invest Tech, and we hope to tell you more about it. Thank you so much, Sandeep. So for today's show, we're looking at how asset management firms are accelerating and applying innovation how the buy side can gear up to catch up to the sell side, and how they're looking to take advantage of various emerging technologies to really accelerate transformation. While ultimately we'll really put more of a microscope on the buy side, before that, I'd love to get your opinion on some of the success stories within the financial services industry. Are there any that you can share that are top of mind? Yes, sure. If I look at banks in general, sell side, commercial banking, the biggest innovation that comes to our mind in the last five to 10 years is around APIs, application programming interfaces. I think using that simple concept, many banks have done wonderful interfacing with their customers, counterparties, and their partners. I would rate APIs as one of the having biggest impact in terms of innovation, in terms of developing that ecosystem of transactions around these firms. In fact, if you ask me, the I in API should stand for innovation, in my view. It is that powerful. And I'll give you some examples. Uh, If you look at launch of global transaction banking from Goldman Sachs, firms like JP Morgan, and many others have taken great advantage of APIs. There are firms like Bank of New York Mellon, GBS in Singapore. These all have launched great API programs, among many others and brought their partners, their counterparties, their clients uh, seamless into a single integrated type of transaction. And we, we should also note that this kind of progress has been made possible because of several technical components. And despite these banks being heavily regulated, you know, despite many of these constraints around data privacy and so on, Uh, This is remarkable progress. And if I combine APIs, I also want to mention about open source movement. We are seeing great, great progress with open source components uh, coming from many banks, many banks contributing to common industry code base. 
and that is also having a great impact uh, on the banks in general. So I noticed you said that you think the I should stand for innovation. And it's clear that continuous innovation is very critical for the success of businesses, especially within financial services. So my question is kind of twofold. What do you think makes that so important? And why should asset managers be ramping up their digital programs? Do you think that the current global situation where there's a particular focus on, say, the climate crisis has put pressure on asset managers specifically? Yes, I think you bring some relevant points. Uh, if I talk about asset managers, a very key component of their equation is how they deal with asset owners. And both asset owners and asset managers are going through unprecedented crisis and multiple of them at the same time. We have gone through a pandemic. We are in the middle of it. We are going through a financial or economic crisis. Uh, this is leading to great changes in the way we work, the way we spend money, and the way we look at investments. So if, if I combine all of these crises happening all at once, the asset managers are trying to deal with it uh, in many different ways. You know, their clients are demanding greater access to data, greater access to reports, and more frequent, more granular data is needed from them. As an example, if I take the example of um, ESG, environmental, social, and governance, th that kind of investment theme has become mainstream now. Uh, this is no longer a buzzword or a secondary activity. Uh, each type of investor, uh, whether it's a pension fund, a retirement fund, or an asset manager on the institutional side or on the wealth management side, they are rightly worried about the longevity of the returns, the stability of their returns, and so on. So what we see is many of these new pressures on the investment side is leading to more demands on more granular systems, uh, more real-time data, more analytical uh, views. And all that will put a lot of pressure on, on the digitization uh, that is just about starting in, on the buy side. You know, the journey to cloud, the ability to use alternative data, uh, APIs, interconnectivity becomes far more relevant, far more important now. So I'm really glad that you mentioned ESG because we're hearing a lot about it both in the industry in general and with some of our own clients as well. So in 2019 in their annual shareholder report, HSBC pledged their commitment to ESG and lowering their carbon footprint. Similarly, a survey carried out by Responsible Investor in conjunction with UBS also in 2019 found that 78% of asset owners globally are already integrating ESG into their investment processes. So you mentioned this before a little bit, but in the coming months, do you think that we'll really see ESG become a critical part of long-term investment strategies? Yeah, uh, you are right. Uh, ESG has become a mainstream investment theme now, and many firms, many more firms are taking notice, adjusting to it. And we should also remember that uh, this is not a very new concept in the industry. Many firms like Nuveen Investments have been doing responsible investing for a number of years. Uh, they are one of the biggest owners of farmlands, let's say, in the world. And they rightly care about the environmental, social, and governance factors because they deal with clients who worry about the retirement funds, etc. So, but what has happened this time is uh, because of multiple crises, this is 
taken center center stage and if i compare esg with a another rating another type of rating in the industry let's say we are very used to seeing the credit rating of companies uh, it's quite mathematical it is based on financial formulas and over the period of time at least there is a consistency in ratings from whether you look up the ratings from snps or dnb moody's and so on they may have a different uh, nomenclature but you can relate what does a triple a rating from rating from agency 1 mean on a numerical basis etc but measuring esg is quite hard you know when you go and measure the factors of esng it is quite hard because of th- these are not financial numbers you are trying to assess a company's environmental quotient uh, how they deal with social issues how diverse is their board these are very hard to measure factors and on top of this there is there is lack of standardization in the industry there is no accounting or there is no auditing that happens today in a global way so all this makes it very very difficult so on one hand we have such a great rush for all types of companies all types of asset managers investors trying to measure their esg quotient of their their portfolios or their investments and on the other hand there is such a lack of standardization uniformity in the industry this makes it a very difficult problem to solve uh, so what is needed again is um, that brings me to the topic of data uh, we need lot more data lot more alternative data from many different sources you need tools to make sense of this data and finally you need very smart workbenches and toolkit to to be able to come to a standard so that an asset manager is able to say uh, your score on a esg port on your portfolio is about 70 out of 100 and they can convince their clients or their asset owners saying yes it, it indeed they both match in terms of measuring the esg impact and industry is far from that standardization as of now but you do think that one day there will be a standard way to measure these components i think yes it it takes time but uh, since it is such an important metric and i think all parties are keen to make uh, make standards around it and it will never become like uh, the standards that we have with credit rating as an example which because this is linked to financial numbers this will never become that mathematical but i think there will be a lot of standards coming up Uh, the european union has come up with their own taxonomy so many of these things will help united nations has published a set of standards called pri and principles of responsible investing so all of these things are helping the companies but it will take some time and if i look at the landscape within the buy side firms there is a need to be able to upgrade their data platforms to be able to ingest all types of uh, data uh, to make sense of uh, these calculations and be in sync with their customers it will take some time but certainly it's possible so given some of the trends and themes we've discussed so far it's clear that there are a number of ways for organizations to innovate How do you think that investment management firms can really take advantage of this applied innovation and ramp up their existing strategies? Yeah, so if I look at innovation within the asset management industry, there are two key components that I think of. One the one is cloud and the second is data. If the firms can take care of these two things, 
cloud and data, I think th they would have solved half of their innovation journey. And they would have enabled uh, their firms, their portfolio managers, traders, uh, their investors uh, to be able to take advantage of the innovation that they can offer. To, they, they can offer. So if I talk about cloud, I think in general, buy side is slightly lagging behind other sectors of banking in terms of cloud adoption. And you know, banking being a heavily regulated industry itself is lagging behind in, in terms of cloud adoption compared with, let's say, retail or other sectors. So that is the first thing that these firms need to look at, saying what percentage of their systems and transactions happen through cloud. And I bring up APIs. As an example, they should check saying what percentage of transactions with their counterparties are happening still through FTP versus APIs, as an example. And when you try to connect many participants, what, what happens uh, is in, in the buy-side industry, it is uh, it's using third-party systems in a very, very big way. There's a lot of dependency on the major third-party systems uh, from BlackRock, Al Aladdin, to Simcorp's Dimension, to Charles River, and so on. And many of these systems need to coexist. They need to coexist with each other. They need, need to coexist with the asset manager's own internal systems. And bringing them all to the cloud adds another layer of complexity. They need to coexist. And they need to coexist in a multi-cloud environment. So all this is going to take some effort and time. Uh, but that will be one of the baseline factors in making progress with innovation. And the second being data. Uh, data is at the core of what the industry does. The data needs to be clean. The data needs to uh, handle many types of sources, including structured data, unstructured data. And the data needs to be shared in a secure way with their counterparties. So all this is, again, going to take a lot of effort. And this will lead to more innovation once they solve data uh, running on cloud. So while cloud seems to be a huge contributor, as you mentioned, to these strategies, data has really been a key touch point during our discussion today. Can you elaborate a little bit more on why it's such a crucial area for asset managers to consider and understand when they're looking at their digital strategies? Yeah, so when I look at data, data is a lifeline of any, any investment management firm. Uh, and the way a firm is able to handle data, internal data, and the data coming from their partners and external sources can really set them apart. Some of the firms have taken charge of this. They have very advanced data pipelines. Um, by advanced, I mean they, they can do a very efficient data ingestion, whether it's structured data or semi-structured data or unstructured data. Um, they can uh, run it through their cleaning, scrubbing engine very efficiently. They have an advanced data lake uh, or a data fabric on which they can run their data science models. They use technologies such as graph, which will help you make sense of multi-dimensional data and help you find missing correlations. So all of this makes, makes it a very powerful ingredient in, to run your models, to run your scenario analysis, and to run complex things such as performance attribution and many topics. So getting good control on or your data pipeline is very very key key aspect of it and since the industry relies on many data sources 
there is an amount of data privacy that these firms need to be aware of, uh, which is a very important ingredient. It's not like they can take any data from anywhere and just start using it. There's a lot of privacy concerns that need to be satisfied, and that brings additional complexity in the way these data engines can function. I'm really glad you brought that up because we've, we've touched on why and how investment and asset management firms can and should implement their innovation strategies. But when recommending organizations to embrace innovation, it's often easier said than done. You know, before ideating, let alone delivering any new technology or program, there's a set of constraints that companies have that they, that they have to face. So in your opinion, what are the constraints that investment managers will face or are currently facing in their journey towards digital? I mean, in terms of constraints, I would say the data privacy constraints are the biggest. Just imagine uh, there's a hedge fund manager, they are trying to look at all types of data, but there's a data privacy angle involved in how much of this data is private, cannot be shared, whether it's healthcare, shopping, and so on and so forth. Similarly, when we look at large asset managers, they deal with multiple lines of business. Data from one line of business cannot be shared with another line of business. So all of this presents many, many data privacy challenges. And this has been a global challenge. You know, this, has, uh, this, exists, this kind of challenge exists in banking world, investment banking, and many other regulatory industries. So in my view, I think this is one of the biggest cons constraints and there's a concept of differential data privacy or, or noiseless data privacy. And some of the emerging startups are working in this area. Uh, there's very good amount of research coming from firms like MIT in this topic. And uh, we are doing a proof of concept with a company called Leapair. Uh, this is one of the most uh, advanced company in this space. And this aims at solving that challenge of data privacy in a way that is acceptable to regulators, it is acceptable to all the participants, and that will really remove this biggest constraint in terms of innovation. If data privacy challenges can be solved, all other aspects which I mentioned earlier, which is cloud, uh, which is data ingestion, running data science models, et cetera, are being solved, have been solved in other industries, other segments. But data privacy is one, one aspect that uh, many industries, many segments are struggling with. So this is the biggest constraint in my view. So going back to the very beginning of our conversation today, you know, we talked a little bit around ESG and how the world is a little bit unpredictable right now. We have multiple kind of global crises going on. So we know that the future is unpredictable. But how do you think asset managers can ensure their readiness for the future? You know, even if it's a small step as part of a larger strategy or journey. So there are two key things to, to be kept in mind when asset management firms are undertaking their innovation journey. Number one is to adopt cloud and APIs. That's very, very essential in terms of improving your infrastructure to be ready to handle different types of transactions. Number two, take charge of your data pipeline. If you have an advanced way of injecting, processing, and managing your data sets, that gives you a great advantage in terms of doing innovative work in the industry. So these are the two things that I would recommend 
in terms of applying innovation in investment management. Well, thank you, Cindy. We're just about at the end of time today, but thank you so much for joining us. It was really great to hear what the buy side can do in terms of innovation, whether it's a heavy focus on data and the build out of data lakes, as you mentioned, migrating to cloud, which is a crucial part, or looking at how investment management firms can take advantage of innovation. Are there any final comments that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yes, in my experience, whenever we have tried to run innovation projects, there are two things that matter. One is keep the end customer in mind and keep it simple. These are the two things we try to adhere and that's my advice to anyone trying to innovate. Thank you so much for your time, Sandeep, and thank you for our listeners for turning in. If you're interested in finding out more about Cinecron and what we do, please visit www.cinecron.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to like and subscribe. Catch you next time.